Welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. This is our May 27th, 2010 edition of the show. It's about 4.08 p.m. on the clock here in Irvine, California. Before we get fully underway, I have a couple of quick reminders for you. First of all, the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson at KUCI.org. You can also catch me on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash rglarson. Lately, I feel I've been caught in the swirl of speculating on what really happened in regards to the murder of the 35th president of the United States, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Once the toxic contrived cover story of the lone nut killer has been exposed as absurd, and it has, it's then a matter of how deep does the rabbit hole go? How big is the plot? Who are the plotters? Why was this action undertaken? Who benefits? It's, it's right, proper, important, imperative that we engage in this speculation, that we attempt to answer these questions. Officialdom has let us down. We must become citizen investigators. Uh, we will uh, be a democratic republic in name only until we can force the issue, until we no longer allow the lies to stand. Two recent guests on my show, James Douglas and Russ Baker, have, have forced me to, look, uh, to take a much deeper look at the JFK assassination, the cover-up, and how the resonation of that seem to affect everything today. In an effort to break this down some more, our special guest today is a frequent contributor to the show who has been looking into this disturbing subject for much longer than I have. I'm speaking of graphic novelist, comic book artist, writer, researcher, and co-host of PSYOP Radio, Mac White. Mac, welcome to the show. Hello there, Robert. Hey, it's great to have you. Um, always love your insights and actually really quite enjoyed having you on, what was that, a few weeks ago where oh. you uh, were one of our mysterious callers. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, I've been wondering, how did that synchronicity baiting experiment go? Well, uh, you know, it's I, I, nothing like really weird has come up as far as people who contributed to that show uh, having something that really tied in in a weird way with uh, somebody else's uh, report or, or sort of bleeding over into something happening in my personal life. But uh, it did just make a very entertaining show. And, uh, you know, some, so many of the things we often talk about here on out, out the Rabbit Hole, things such as synchronicity and dreams and conspiracy theories. But uh, really loved what you contributed um, I understand that you used a little bit of the uh, uh, the cut-up technique that William Burroughs and uh, right. <laughs> uh, what was his his buddy used to do this kind of thing. Yeah, Brian Geeson and William Burroughs invented this cut-up technique, you know. And uh, well, I, I uh, have applied aspects of that to uh, certain creative experiments I've done, and I 
uh, utilize that for my contribution to the program that you're talking about. I, I, I went to my scrapbooks where I record dreams and stray thoughts and just, you know, uh, automatic writing and whatever, you know, as, as well as just, you know, images that I put in there. And I just pre-associate, you know, and just fill this thing up. Well, I basically just transcribed several pages out of uh, one of my scrapbooks and then, you know, molded it into uh, something, <laughs> uh, which, you know, I, I think of as being like, you know, manufacturing a dream. It's like the Jungian technique of active imagination, you know. Uh, you can create a dream. Uh, you can open up alternate realities through techniques like that, uh, cut up and, and uh, techniques and, and so forth. So that's where the origin of that was. Uh, and, and I feel like maybe that, uh, I might have channeled some other reality or a, a sideways reality, <laughs> uh, if they call it on Lost. Yeah, yeah. I felt that we were doing that. We were taking the dream language and uh, bringing it over into what we think is the waking life <laughs> and, and seeing what that might do. And, and with uh, subjects that I feel are important, subjects that can uh, allow us to maybe uh, bootstrap ourselves to some kind of higher level of awareness. And, and I think you, you all did a great job in, in at least uh, making an, an entertaining show. And uh, <laughs> so I, I, I call these the uh, mysterious reporters from the netherworlds. And, yeah. <laughs> and you and uh, Smiles Lewis, your, yeah. your uh, co-host on PSYOP Radio, and our good friend, and also uh, uh, Ryan Outcalt and uh, Samantha Brockfield and Brad Schreiber. And uh, I, I'm hoping that anyone who just wasn't a regular listener to the show and happened to tune in would just be... <laughs> what the heck is this, and kind of get them on some other track. So that, yeah. that was my goal. Hopefully we'll be getting some more feedback on that and that it did actually have that effect. So, so that was kind of more of an experimental thing and, that we did here on Out the Rabbit Hole and was really glad to have you as a part of that, Mac, and it ties into so much of the work you do. I guess we're going to be a little more straightforward today, but uh, actually talking about something that is... It itself gets a little little creepy and kind of gets into uh, going down different rabbit holes, but more in a, a traditional uh, <laughs> conversational manner here today. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> but yeah, the the uh, the JFK assassination. I ha have not been somebody who was deeply into that, knew about it, believed there was a conspiracy, but hadn't researched it all that much. And over the last couple of years, uh, because of you and some other people, ha have gotten more into it. And then just over the last few weeks, because of having uh, uh, James Douglas and Russ Baker on the show, and, and then uh, listening to what you've been telling me about a recent guest you had on your show, just really got me wanting to, to tear this down a little more. Um, so I... I guess, you know, one of the things I, I was talking to you about before the show and this whole thing of, you know, we can talk about all kinds of, of conspiracy theories about different events, but in the modern era, the JFK assassination is kind of like the granddaddy. Aside from the vast amount of evidence for a plot, so many later operations seem to grow out of this you know, grow out of the fact that nobody was brought to justice. Is, is that how you would look at it, Mac? Oh, absolutely. It is the granddaddy of all of the uh, conspiracies that we've seen, well, ever since. And, it, you know, 
And that makes sense because basically when you really study JFK, uh, the assassination, what you find is it was a coup. So naturally, from that coup d'etat uh, came a entirely new era of, of you know, a, an entirely different way of doing business uh, by the government. Uh, uh, it was a coup uh, by the military-industrial complex. And in order to... Um, well, cover up the uh, truth about Kennedy. Well, there's another conspiracy, and then of course, uh, just the you know day-to-day business of of of, of this uh, cabal uh, has continued to uh, function. You know, um, your guest that you had on uh, Russ Baker, uh, who'd written the book that shows connections of George Bush and family uh, to the Kennedy assassination. That's a perfectly good example right there of where you can trace a direct lineage from Dallas, 1963, right up to the present, to, to the uh, Bush administration uh, and, and to 9-11. Um, you know, uh, it's, uh, and the other thing is, is that when you study the Kennedy assassination, really study it in depth, it becomes a template by which you can better understand other uh, conspiracies that, that happened since then. But so often... So many of the same names uh, even turn up. Now, these days, a lot of the original players in the Kennedy assassination are dead and gone. But, for instance, uh, in Watergate, the uh, uh, conspiracy, really the, another coup that brought down Nixon in this case, the names uh, of, of E. Howard Hunt, Frank Sturgis turn up. These are names that... Uh, uh, also turn up in the Kennedy assassination with regard to that whole uh, Bay of Pigs gang that I talk about. You know, uh, the uh, uh, CIA, Cuban exiles, mafia, and what have you. All of that um, uh, mix of activity that was happening, uh, you know, leading up to Bay of Pigs and then after Bay of Pigs uh, culminating in the Kennedy assassination, uh, you know, these people didn't just suddenly go away, and you find the same names turning up again in the Robert Kennedy assassination, various uh, 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 key players, uh, Martin Luther King's, and in fact, when um, these uh, conspiracies were reinvestigated by the government in the late 70s by the House Committee on Sele- the House Select Committee on Assassinations, they determined that all three were the result of a likely conspiracy. And all three, basically, when you examine them, are related. The same general, uh, 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 you know, milieu of, of, of people, that same nexus uh, of, of CIA mob characters and what have you, uh, were involved in that as well. And it just comes on right up to the present. Yeah, yeah. And it's it appears that this group, a rather large organization, uh, sort of, put together from different elements, the original uh, bringing together was for the operation of the Bay of Pigs, and then uh, once that happened, or not in the way that they wanted, but once that went down, then they took all the same characters who were already working together, already part of a team, and seemed to turn them against the guy who they felt had uh, let them down or been somewhat of a traitor uh, to their cause, the President of the United States, and then uh, since they weren't brought to justice after that, they stayed together. 
and we see them coming up over and over. And then you mentioned uh, Nixon and how he was brought down because he was not doing the, the bidding of this cabal. And, uh, yes, this is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. Robert Larson here speaking with Mac White. And uh, before we go any further, Mac, I kind of want to give people out a little more information about who you are and what you do, those who aren't regular listeners. And uh, they can uh, go to your website, macwhite.com. There's quite a bit there. And you have uh, uh, put together several uh, graphic novels, comic books, and uh, we interviewed you on the show way back about the uh, the book The Bush Hunter that you edited and put together and featuring your work and those of others and uh, the Mutant Book of the Dead and the, uh, what, what are some of the other ones I'm missing here? Oh, yeah, uh, The Villa of the Mysteries was a miniseries of comics uh, that, that I did uh, that was published by Fantagraphics in the 90s. And uh, I've had some, some new things out here recently. Fantagraphics has just issued the latest volume in the Underground Comics Anthology, Hotwire, which is really good. It is a coffee table size book. It's got color. It's, it's got some of the best underground cartoonists, uh, you know, operating today. And uh, Hotwire, uh, volume three, is out. I've got a piece in it called Roadside Hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it's uh, just packed full of good comics. Uh, and another thing that's been recently published, actually, is some old work of mine. Uh, this is a book uh, that's an anthology of the underground mini-comics of the 1980s. Uh, that's how a bunch of us in, in, in that second wave of, um, our new wave, as it was called, of uh, underground uh, cartoonists got started was producing these, these mini-comics in, in the 80s and, and, and trading them and, and, and uh, selling them by mail and so forth. Well, anyway, they've been correct, uh, collected in a big hardcover uh, book. It's the size of a Bible, but that ain't no Bible, folks. <laughs> it is X-rated, I'll tell you, so watch out. But uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of uh, old stuff by myself and then various uh, uh, cartoonist friends of, my, uh, of mine, uh, Mary Fleener, Roy Tompkins, Jeff Gaither. I mean, it is packed. It's about 500 pages. And uh, Fantagraphics has published it. Michael Dowers uh, up in Seattle edited it, and it's called New Wave, uh, the underground mini-comics of the 1980s. And, and these books are available uh, online on Amazon and, and various bookstores. Okay, and then they can find links to everything on your website, macwhite.com. And we also mentioned the wonderful uh, radio show that you uh, co-host with uh, our good friend Smiles Lewis, the uh, PSYOP Radio, and uh, you've, uh, you guys are always having some you know, amazing guests on there, and you had somebody recently that kind of one of the reasons I wanted you to be on the show today, uh, a guest that you had that t ties into all this uh, JFK assassination stuff, and uh, could you tell us about this guy who had some recent uh, revelations that were rather interesting? Yes, uh, uh, Roderick McKenzie, Rod, um, is a guy that's uh, up in his uh, late 70s whom uh, he's only been interviewed uh, three times. Um, ours is the most recent interview. He was first interviewed in Paranoia Reader, uh, which is the latest incarnation of Paranoia Magazine. Uh, Joan D'Arc, the editor, in interviewed uh, uh, Rod McKenzie, and it's uh, out uh, in bookstores right now. Uh, and then uh, Smiles and I interviewed him on uh, our show, PSYOP Radio, a couple of weeks ago. And this is a guy who has quite a story. 
he uh, claims uh, to have been an insider in the plot to kill JFK. He had a, a low-level uh, function with regard to the plot. He didn't know what he was uh, involved in, and, and the story that he tells is that he, uh, you know, he had uh, known and worked for these uh, mobsters, uh, Sam Giancana in Chicago and uh, John Roselli, uh, people who were involved, again, with that old Bay of Pigs gang, you know, with the plots to kill Castro, and then later, apparently, with the plot to kill Kennedy. Uh, well, um, he was uh, in, involved in all this uh, activity back and forth with Cuba and so forth, and just various mob and CIA-related uh, uh, operations. And, and in the course of doing that in the early 60s, he got to know all these people, the Oswald, David Ferry, uh, Guy Bannister, that whole New Orleans crowd, and then, of course, uh, later in, in Dallas, Jack Ruby um, and Tippett. Uh, he knew these people, and he describes uh, uh, that what happened was that uh, in uh, 1963, a couple of, mi- of months before Kennedy was killed, he was given the uh, assignment to go to Dallas, where uh, he was met by uh, Tippett, the policeman who was later killed uh, by someone, they say by Lee Harvey Oswald, but it's it's not clear. But that, at any rate, uh, uh, Tippett uh, introduced him to the people there at the Carousel Club and Jack Ruby and so forth, and and he was given his uh, uh, job, which was to manage a safe house in the Dallas area, and he says that there were several safe houses. This is, this is a huge operation, the, the plot to kill Kennedy. Several safe houses to, you know, places where uh, uh, people, are, you know, the, the actual shooters, for instance, could uh, 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 live, with, you know, undercover uh, uh, and not be seen and so forth. And in addition, he um, uh, was a master forger, and uh, he had done, you know, uh, jobs of this kind for a number of years, uh, and, and says he was trained by the Army in this uh, skill at uh, Fort Detrick, Maryland. Quite a story there. Uh, he says by the uh, under the auspices of the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency. Anyway, he uh, says that he was the guy who basically manufactured the phony Secret Service ID that uh, uh, people were flashing there uh, in Dealey Plaza uh, in the minutes after Kennedy was killed, there are many reliable r- reports of, 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 of people running up on the grassy knoll to, you know, see what happened because the, the the shots apparently came from there and encountering men who flashed Secret Service ID and and told them not to worry about it, go away, which they did. But come to find out, the Secret Service they had says that they had nobody up there. So this was the guy who uh, manufactured the ID. Well, in addition. Uh, the mob uh, uh, and slash CIA uh, put him to work at uh, one of the local hospitals in Dallas. He also, uh, among other things, uh, was a registered nurse. Uh, He had been trained as a nurse by the Army during the Korean War. So his job uh, at the hospital uh, was to, well, uh, he was uh, working originally at, at, at Baylor Hospital, where apparently they expected Kennedy to be taken after the shooting but he was taken instead to, to Parkland Hospital. He believes that had he been working at Parkland, uh, he would have been given the job to uh, 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 put the, uh, the bullet on the stretcher, you know, uh, and, and a famous episode there at the uh, Parkland Hospital after Kennedy was killed. Well, uh, at any rate, um, you know, all this was happening. He was involved in this plot, but he says he didn't know what he was involved in. 
everything was so compartmentalized. Uh, but it was only after uh, 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 Kennedy was killed that he realized, well, of course, you know, uh, these people I'm involved with, they did this. And, well, uh, you know, he was able to fill in the, uh, the blanks a little bit later. Uh, it was his understanding. Mean, he, he says he knew the guy, Mac Wallace, uh, who was a character who worked for Lyndon Johnson. Uh, he was a, uh, a basically LBJ's personal hit man. That's the allegation. And, in hmm. fact, uh, um, uh, Mac Wallace was, uh, ha- has been implicated in, for years in, a nu- in, in, in numerous mysterious deaths that happened in Texas that have been linked to uh, Johnson. And, in fact, that was proven in a court trial in the 80s. But, you know, like so many things, didn't make big headlines at all. Uh, but the uh, 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 one of Lyndon Johnson's Barr McClellan several years ago wrote a book uh, in, in which he described how you know uh, Lyndon Johnson was part of the plot to kill Kennedy, and that uh, 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 he uh, Barr McClellan was working for Johnson's main lawyer Cliff Carter here in Austin, and and Cliff Carter the allegation was, uh, and, and and this guy Rod McKenzie whom we had on our show the other night he uh, 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 confirms this as well that the operation was overseen by Cliff Carter and that Mac Wallace was one of the shooters in the school book depository and that, and, and that Mac Wallace, in fact, was in charge of all of the shooting teams in Dealey Plaza. So this story, it's really interesting. It it's, uh, you know, hasn't been you know, verified by documentation. Uh, 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 Rod McKenzie uh, says that uh, he's tried to find record that he worked at uh, Baylor Hospital in Dallas, and then later, uh, a couple of days later, they gave him a job in Parkland Hospital, where his job was to basically just be kind of a fly on the wall and just listen for you know gossip uh, among the doctors and so forth about the assassination and report back, you know. And well, anyway, he says that that he wasn't uh, successful in finding uh, record because apparently uh, so many years have passed. So it's one of these stories that um, you got to kind of take for what it is, and 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 uh, uh, it seems to me very credible. Uh, but you know, there have been so many uh, uh, witnesses and 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 uh, alleged insiders and so forth who've come forward over the years, and the tendency is to discredit them and so forth because well, they're unreliable people, they're they're criminals, are common and so forth. Well, you know, that's the kind of people that you would have involved in a plot to kill Kennedy, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, but he's a really interesting guy who really does appear to have some first-hand acquaintance with, uh, you know, uh, not only the, 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 the people and just the, the activities at the time, uh, but, I mean, reading about it, you see, I was living in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at that time in 63. I, I was uh, 11 years old, but, I, you know, I, I, I knew the area really well. And this is someone who, you know, when I'm reading his uh, unpublished manuscript, uh, which he sent me, I'm, you know, uh, uh, this is the Dallas I remember, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's one of these, uh, 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 you know, things that, that have come up, you know, for instance, uh, a woman, uh, Judith, Judith Berry Baker uh, came to light a few years ago uh, claiming to be Oswald's uh, girlfriend in New Orleans. And, you know, uh, she's uh, got a very plausible story, and a lot of people believe her. But then again, a lot of researchers dismiss it. And, you know, uh, so people will be arguing about Rod McKenzie's uh, uh, story, whether or not it's credible, you know, 
for years, just like every other aspect of the Kennedy assassination. But to me, I give it credibility. Well, this is the problem that we have because the there is no there was no real uh, unslanted, uh, untainted investigation ever done by the authorities. So it comes down to to us as citizen investigators, and you know we don't always have the resources to you know verify or validate. And so we just have to take people's stories and see if they kind of uh, add up according to the limited facts we may have. And uh, so this is Rod McKenzie. He has an unpublished manuscript, and uh, hopefully we'll see it published somewhere at some point. Is he, is he trying to get it published now? Is uh, Yes, he's hoping to find a publisher, and uh, I, I, I hope he succeeds. Um, but, you know, I highly recommend that, uh, you know, people can uh, listen to our interview with him uh, we talked to him for a full two hours, and it was fascinating. Uh, and uh, we've got an archive there at psyopradio.com. That's, uh, by the way, spelled P-S-I-O-P-R-A-D-I-O.com. Go there and, uh, you know, listen to the interview and decide for yourself. Also, the uh, interview in The Paranoia Reader is well worth reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, it's just a fascinating story that uh, needs further investigation, that's for sure. Rod McKenzie in, uh, yeah, in uh, PSYOP Radio, uh, PSYOP.com, PSYOPradio.com, and uh, they'll just find the audio archives there and just look for Rod McKenzie? Yes, that's right. Okay, and uh, follow up on that. Now, I... I feel a little weird about bringing this up, but, I mean, there's been this long history of people who have supposed inside information, like Rod McKenzie is talking about, and that uh, things don't end too well for them. Does he have any fear about that? Uh, Yes, he says he did for a long time, and um, he was concerned, he says, after the assassination, that he saw all these people, you know, dropping like flies. Especially, it seemed people who were hanging out at the Carousel Club who could place uh, Ruby with Oswald and Tippett, and you know, show that these people knew each other. And uh, he began to fear for his own safety. Um, and so, um, well, he had that uh, job at Parkland Hospital, which uh, he said he was reporting back what he heard, and he wasn't finding out much, you know, and. Uh, anyway, after a couple of months, uh, the Parkland Hospital Security Office discovered what he was doing, they said, so they fired him. And so he left, and he decided, you know, he's a guy that has a uh, multifaceted individual. His main thing was, for years, he worked in circuses and the carnival circuit, okay? And uh, so he went to Europe, where he worked as an acrobat with European circuses uh, for a number of years, uh, and basically, he stayed over there until he felt like it might be safe to come back to the U.S. But he had some trepidation about telling this story uh, because, you know, you can't be sure. He says that due to, to uh, his uh, the, the fears that followed him after Kennedy was killed and as well as other experiences he'd had in his life, such as uh, experiences in the Korean War, that he suffers from post-traumatic stress syndrome. And, well, uh, he told me that uh, it's it, it helped him somewhat to get this off his chest about Kennedy. Mm-hmm. That he, that, yeah, and, and he said he hadn't told that many people, uh, you know, prior to uh, these, uh, 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 you know, 
three interviews. There's one other audio uh, interview that you can hear on the web, and we've got a link to it on psyopradio.com. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, he had some real fears because, you know, people were dropping dead. Yeah, yeah, that's psyopradio.com, P-S-I-O-P-R-A-D-I-O, psyopradio.com. You can find those interviews. And, yeah, that that's an interesting, uh, actually disturbing uh, aspect of, of this whole uh, saga, people that uh, know too much ending up dead. And this is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. Robert Larson here speaking with Mac White. Uh, yeah, maybe we could go over that a little bit because you... Uh, talked a little bit about that before the show with me today and uh right off uh, uh dorothy kilgallen's name that that you mentioned yeah. and you can maybe talk a little bit about that and some other people as well that uh, uh started talking about things that would make uh, any supposed plotters uh, really nervous and then things uh ended quickly for them yes uh, Dorothy Kilgallen uh, is an individual who wasn't a, 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 a witness to anything related to the Kennedy assassination, but she was a reporter. Uh, and, of course, in, in the 50s and early 60s, she was well-known at that time as being a panelist on the game show, What's My Line? Well, but she was also a reporter. She had a gossip column. And, well, she managed to get an exclusive interview with Jack Ruby in the jail in Dallas. And afterwards, she was uh, telling friends and associates that what she had discovered about the Kennedy assassination was going to blow it wide open. She said it was going to be huge. And uh, she had amassed uh, a great deal of research. She was about to come forward with it. And then, ah, guess what? She dies of an apparent overdose, suicide, they say. But nothing about it adds up, to, according to anyone who knew her. And that's not the only one. Uh, you know, there have been many other people, as I mentioned, anyone who, uh, a lot of people such as employees of the carousel club, strippers who could, you know, say that Oswald and Tiffany had been seen together, they died. Uh, but, you know, since, you know, talking about reporters, uh, following the assassination, like the, 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 night, uh, the night after uh, Ruby killed Oswald, two reporters um, went to Jack Ruby's apartment, and they had a long conversation with Ruby's roommate, George Senator, and one of those was a reporter with the Dallas Times-Herald, and I can't remember now uh, what, the, what uh, the other reporter was affiliated with, but at any rate, uh, those guys had this uh, long interview with uh, Ruby's roommate, and they never uh, got to uh, publish or, or, to anyone's knowledge, say what they di discovered, but they both uh, ended up dead. Uh, within about a year after that. Um, and, you know, uh, you were talking about how we haven't had any real investigations of the Kennedy assassination, and it's been left up to, you know, citizens to, 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 to try to investigate it. And we also were not well served by our media <laughs> to this very day. The, the mainstream media, for the most part, continues to support the Warren Commission report, which is you know, long since discredited. But, you know, you, you can see why, because uh, in a few cases where reporters have tried to bring the truth out, they weren't successful. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, the motivation is easy to see, but at the same time, the mainstream media has a commitment to tell the, the truth uh, about this. 
and they have uh, failed us uh, very severely. So it's been left up to, you know, people that are not professional journalists, uh, you know, not professional investigators to try to do this thing. Well, yeah. And now, there is, uh, it's not completely true that officialdom has totally let us down. I mean, the Warren Commission, yes, obviously, but there was another uh, investigation in the uh, in the 70s and we, uh, that actually uh, this was an official investigation that came to the conclusion that it, it, it seemed that there was a plot. And, uh, yeah, could you tell us a little bit about that and actually about your personal experience with the yeah. local newspaper there in, in Austin? Yeah, this is a great story because of what it reveals about how things work. You know, uh, the House Select Committee on Assassinations in the late 70s reopened the investigation into the assassination of President Kennedy, also the assassinations of his brother Robert Kennedy and the assassination of Martin Luther King because nobody was satisfied with the Warren Commission report, or not many people were, and so 10 years later there had been so much controversy about it that Finally, they decided to have this House Select Committee. This happening at a time when, when there was, uh, you know, all of these disclosures coming out, you know, the, the, the church committee looking into CIA abuses and MK Ultra and so forth. Well, after a, a few years in the late 70s, they came out with their conclusion that Kennedy and his brother Robert and Martin Luther King were likely killed as a result of a conspiracy. That was supposed to be the second and final word on the Kennedy assassination. It was meant to replace the Warren Commission report, and it was big headlines at the time. Now, flash forward, uh, you know, two years ago, on November 22nd, the, you know, the local newspaper runs a, a story about the usual the memorials and, what, and, and events surrounding the anniversary of Kennedy's death. And in reading the story, I come across this line. The sentence says, All government investigations into the Kennedy assassination have concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in killing Kennedy. And that is untrue. That is an absolutely false statement. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I wrote an open letter to the local paper, the Austin American Statesman, and I posted it on my blog, making sure they would know that this was an open letter in which I took them to task for this. And I pointed out uh, to the uh, editor that in the original AP article, that paragraph was not in there. Someone, evidently, at the Austin American Statesman, put that in there. And this is part of a pattern of, I mean, you know, the, the mainstream media as a whole uh, uh, tends to, you know, uh, participate in the cover-up to this very day. They, they promote the Warren Commission report. But there's a pattern at the Austin American Statesman of being even more uh, 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 zealous <laughs> in covering things up. Not surprising, I think, due to the influence of the still uh, influential Lyndon Johnson family and associates in this city. Okay. Well, anyway, this got the attention of the uh, editor at the American Statesman, uh, the uh, uh, city section editor, she got back to me. She said she didn't know who put that sentence in the article, but she was going to investigate and try to find out. <laughs> and, uh, well, I found out later that uh, that my bringing this uh, uh, to their attention and also, you know, publicizing it and raising hell about it 
that that was the talk of the newsroom, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that there were uh, 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 copy editors being, you know, uh, uh, questioned and, and trying to figure out where did this come from, and who knows? I never found out, but I do know, and I was happy that the next day they reprinted the retraction that I requested, and that was so satisfying to see in the paper there in black and white the results of the House Select Committee that President Kennedy was likely killed as a conspiracy because the mainstream media hardly ever talks about that investigation anymore. That investigation went on for at least as long as the Warren Commission report. It reached different conclusions, but every time, most of the time, when they're talking about uh, the uh, the official version versus the conspiracy theories and so forth, it's always the Warren Commission and 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 the documentaries that uh, that you usually see coming on cable channels from from the mainstream media. They promote the Warren Commission report. It's as if the House Select Committee investigation never happened. It's like it went right down the memory hole. But you know what? Uh, when I wrote the American statesman that letter, I said, here's the link to read the entire report. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, but that reveals uh, so much. I'm not sure what. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it reveals that there's still some kind of cover-up going on, that yeah. there's somebody, some mysterious person was responsible for that uh way that that article was manipulated in the uh, Austin paper there mm-hmm. and uh the, to give credit to the the editors there they they made a correction and and it is you, you make this point that needs to be repeated is that there you know there was the official Warren Commission report then there's this other official report uh, a congressional report that comes to different conclusions, yet it seems that most of the time uh, mainstream media reporters and mainstream historians still go back to the Warren Commission and tend to pretty much ignore this other one that came later with uh, different conclusions. So, you know, that that would be a whole investigation in, in and of itself of how that happens, of, of how news media people, how historians always go to the Warren Commission and, and tend to give a uh, uh, short um, uh, shrift to the, the House, uh, what's it called, the House Investigation on Assassinations? The House Select Committee, yeah. Um, it, and, you know, it's, it's such a demonstrably untrue statement that, that the kindest thing you can say about it is sloppy research. But, you know, uh, it, it's a pattern that, that I think is reflected also in something that happened uh, several years ago at, uh, on the uh, anniversary of Kennedy's death when the History Channel uh, ran a fantastic multi-part documentary. Uh, it's the classic documentary called The Men Who Killed Kennedy, made by the British filmmaker Nigel Turner. And for that anniversary, uh, the, uh, the original was made in the 80s for the 25th anniversary. Well, he updated it with uh, two or three new episodes uh, several years ago. Okay, so this ran on the History Channel, and they had a, a, a and one of the new episodes was the one that uh, uh, got into all of the connections between Lyndon Johnson and the conspiracy and interviewed uh, his lawyer, Bar McClellan, and so forth. Well, when that appeared, after that appeared on television, the Johnson family here in Austin 
uh, you know, objected uh, very strongly, and, uh, you know, so did uh, numerous of their associates. I mean, uh, influential people in high places, you know, uh, were objecting to this and, and put so much pressure on the History Channel that the History Channel apologized and, and basically said that would never happen again, and it hasn't because every time the subject is ever dealt with on the History Channel or any other cable channel I see, the documentaries are always these, uh, 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 you know, Warren Commission apologist documentaries where they'll, you know, put together some junk science or like you know, blood splatter analysis was the latest one, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with, with computer graphics that show how, you know, it actually that what really happened was that Lee Harvey Oswald did fire the magic bullet and the laws of physics were suspended, you know, uh, <laughs> for uh, several seconds there. And, and you know, they come up with all of this garbage science to, uh, you know, try to prove that. And that is what passes for investigative uh, uh, documentaries uh, now on uh, uh, network and cable television. Yeah, it almost seems that there's a preordained conclusion and you, you find or, or create evidence that will uh, get you to that preordained conclusion. Uh, this is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. Robert Larson here speaking with Mac White. And, and as I alluded to at, at the beginning of the show, it, it, it's, the reason this is so important is that it, that it appears that you know, something has happened that, that w- continues to this day that we, we are, in effect, a, a democratic republic in name only, and that we're never going to get past that. We're never going to get to where we have uh, real elected leaders who are not at the mercy of this military-industrial intelligence establishment. We're not going to get to that point until we completely come to terms with what happened in Dallas in 63, and, and we refuse to look away from the awful truth. And so I, that's why I think it's so important that we keep on this, and I, I appreciate so much what you and others do, Mac, to, to, to keep it warm, to keep us uh, <laughs> from looking away. And, and I, I don't know if you still have that up on your website where you actually have the... Uh, the clip from the Sapruder film. Uh, uh, do you still have that up there? Oh, it's somewhere yeah. <laughs> on my website. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I have my comic strip, Operation Northwoods, where I deal with uh, the Kennedy assassination and various other matters surrounding the, uh, the documentation which came to light several years ago that, that Kennedy rejected a plan from the Pentagon to, uh, you know, in the absence of a uh, legitimate reason to re-invade Cuba, you know, have another Bay of Pigs, they were going to invent a reason. That is, stage atrocities like, you know, slamming planes into buildings mm-hmm. and blaming it on Castro. Uh, that's in the Operation Northwoods. Uh, and, you know, uh, and that would, you know, be the pretext that they needed. Anyway, that comic strip, Operation Northwoods, uh, is kind of a good... Uh, introduction to these basic issues to, you know, the Kennedy assassination, the Lyndon Johnson connection to that and the military-industrial complex, and uh, that larger picture that uh, JFK fits into, which is a long history of, you know, the U.S. staging false flag uh, of terror situations 
as a pretext for you know various uh, uh, wars. You know, uh, the Gulf of Tonkin being an, you know an, uh, a good example, where you know uh, basically you know nothing happened in the Gulf of Tonkin, uh, but it was made to look like you know there was a. Uh, uh, an escalation of activity on the part of the Viet Cong, and then, therefore, a you know that justified an escalation of U.S. Uh, activity over there, and you know, not surprising, and it, that it again relates to JFK because, of course, Vietnam, the escalation of the war in Vietnam was a direct result of Kennedy's assassination. It wouldn't have happened otherwise. And so, again, one conspiracy breeds another. They killed Kennedy, they got their war. But in order to uh, justify the escalation of the war, you know, uh, more conspiracies, more cover-ups. And it just accumulates and snowballs as we come up to the present. Yes, and then we we have 9-11, and, and that's a whole can of worms. And uh, But the thing is, is... Without having to get into that, I mean, we can look at the 9-11 Commission report, and it's as flawed as the Warren Commission report. And we have to, you know, wonder what is being covered up there. What, why were certain things that had criminality written all over them just not followed up? And, and you, again, some of the same names uh, appear. That's right, yes. Uh, and... You have all these interesting connections of people. Uh, now, Daniel Hopsicker has done some interesting research that shows uh, connections between the uh, that Cuban exile community, Bay of Pigs uh, uh, bunch, and the flight school in Florida where one of the 9-11 uh, uh, hijackers, uh, Mohammed Fatah, uh, allegedly trained, you know, uh, these uh, 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 connections keep turning up. And, um, of course, uh, the 9-11 uh, uh, is interesting for what it reveals about the relationship between the Bush and bin Laden families, you know, uh, that you have, you know, this, this close business relationship uh, between the, the Bushes and the bin Ladens, and shortly after taking office, the Bush administration tells the FBI, which had been investigating them, tells them to back off those investigations. And, well, coincidence? Well, you know, uh, maybe, but uh, probably not. It's just like, uh, the, you know, uh, the uh, fact that uh, John Hinckley, who, was the, uh, who attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan, it turns out that on the very day that he took those shots at Reagan, that his um, uh, brother... Mm -hmm. was going to be having lunch with one of George Bush's, the vice president of Reagan, Bush's sons, and that John Hinckley Sr. was a longtime friend and business associate of George Bush. And, you know, to believe that, that that's a coincidence uh, really, uh, you know, tests credibility. And, yeah. and that happens over and over and over again. One coincidence, you could say, yeah, possibly, but when you have dozens and hundreds of coincidences like that and connections of people, you know, and they're always involved, it seems, the Bush family, in something <laughs> of that nature. Yes, it, it, it sent going back many decades, as uh, Russ Baker uh, documented in his book. And uh, Well, uh, Mac, we're pretty much out of time here. Anything you want to real quickly uh, leave us with before we got to close out? 
Well, you know, I think it is really important to uh, take a good, hard look at what happened in Dallas in 1963. It is still relevant. That, that's been the whole point of what we've been talking about here and, and, and what your guest uh, uh, recently, James Douglas, was saying, that basically, you know, it's as if our nation is comparable to a psychiatric patient that is in serious denial and, and, is, not, and is afraid to face the truth. And, and until you face the truth, these things are going to remain in the unconscious where they have far more power uh, than they might otherwise if you acknowledge the truth and bring it out. You know, it, it, it's the uh, idea, it's, it's the Freudian uh, idea of the return of the repressed. Mm-hmm. We've got no control over anything as long as we're in such a serious denial about what happened uh, here in this country in 1963 and what it means today. That's why a lot of people are afraid to look at it, because of what it reveals. It, like you say, it reveals that this is not a uh, democracy or a constitutional republic anymore. Not at all. Yeah. hasn't been uh, you know, uh, since 1963. And uh, we've got to take a look at that and acknowledge that truth before we have a hope of changing things. I I second that. Uh, Mac White, thanks so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Okay, it's it's my pleasure. All right, yes, Mac White. And again, you can uh, find his work at MacWhite.com. That's M-A-C-K-White, MacWhite.com. And you can also go to PsyopRadio.com, O-P-R-A-D-I-O, PsyopRadio.com, and find some of those excellent interviews you talked about as well. So, all right, we're out of time here, and I want to remind you once more, the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. I'm Robert Larson. Um, I'll be talking with you next week. Stay tuned right now. We have Counterspin and Planetary Radio coming up. And this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. Going to leave you with a little music from Towns Van Zandt.